0: Grace to you in peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word, which we hear this morning, is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 40 to 52. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was twelve years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the day, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So far, the word of the Lord sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Word, sacrament, and prayer. How do we begin a new year? The answer, of course, is that we begin it in Jesus. And because Jesus is Emmanuel, God who dwells with us, we can look forward to God's grace and blessings in another year ahead. But how do we grow in the year ahead? How do we grow in strength and in spirit? The answer there is through word, sacrament, and prayer. If you ask your doctor, how can I be healthy and strong in the year ahead, or at least healthier and stronger, we all know what the doctor's going to say. Eat more vegetables, exercise, and avoid sugary drinks. That's part of the reason why we don't ask him, right? We don't want to hear what he has to say. But these things aren't uh, accomplished overnight. You can't. Uh, Eat vegetables for one day and expect it to have a lasting effect on your life. You can't get up and decide today I'm going to run 15 miles and go and that's enough for the year. These things are accomplished through daily exercise, daily uh, eating better, healthier. Little by little you grow in, in health and strength over a long time course our text doesn't speak about jesus growing physically but being filled with the spirit vegetables and exercise for the body but for our spirit we need word sacrament and prayer and just like vegetables and exercise these are things that need to be little by little throughout the year we can't just come to church once and think, oh, we're good for the year. It doesn't work that way. Paul reminds uh, the young pastor, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4, 8, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is end of that which is to come. In our text, Luke chapter 2, verse 40, we're told that the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. When the scriptures say that Jesus grew and became strong in spirit, the Greek uses the imperfect verb tense. It's a a Greek verb tense, but it means that it's not talking about one sudden momentary thing. It's not telling us that Jesus woke up and was suddenly filled with the Holy Spirit but rather that it was a process, a gradual process over time that Jesus grew in the strength of the Spirit as he dedicated himself to word, sacrament, and prayer. We sometimes get that mistaken idea from Scripture that being filled with the Holy Spirit is a quick, momentary, life-changing event as if We're walking around as sinners and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes upon us and suddenly we're a new person and our life is changed forever. Now there are incidents in Scripture, of course, where the Spirit did fill certain people in an outwardly miraculous way. Pentecost is a good example. The apostles were walking around minding their own business and all of a sudden they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in tongues they had never learned, the wonderful works of God, and proclaiming to everybody there what Jesus had done for them. But such incidents are momentary, and they are uh, an attempt by the Holy Spirit to meet a momentary need. And they don't last. There was an opportunity there for the proclamation to go out to the whole world that Jesus had died and was risen again. And so the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles and gave them that miraculous gift to meet that momentary need, but it didn't last. Another example is uh, Moses, when he anoints the 70 elders. Again, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they begin prophesying all over the camp. And what a wonderful thing that was. But again, it was a, a momentary thing or a momentary need. On the other hand, those who, whose lives, not just a day, but whose lives are filled with the Holy Spirit, that's the process that uh, we were talking about. In Acts uh, <clears throat> 6.4, Stephen is such a man, he is called a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. In this case, we don't have that momentary outpouring of the Holy Spirit to meet a momentary need, but we have a man whose who's life, whose daily life is filled with the Holy Spirit. And how did he get to that point? Because he dedicated himself to the word, the sacraments, and prayer. And this way he grew in faith and was filled with the Holy Spirit. Similarly, also Barnabas and Acts chapter 11, verse, 25 to verse 24, is called a man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Not because he suddenly woke up, but because day by day, little by little, he studied God's word and grew in strength of the Spirit. Even in our Old Testament reading, we heard about uh, King Solomon. And we heard uh, how God gave him that wonderful gift, that promise that he would be wiser than any who came before or or came after as well. And indeed, God did give him a special gift, but even there, that gift grew when Solomon dedicated himself to God's word. Later on in life, when, when Solomon abandoned God and his word, Solomon himself confesses, How his wisdom was turned to foolishness and he tried other things other than God's way and God's word and he calls it vanity, emptiness, foolishness. He reminds us that the the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Receiving a miraculous outpouring of the Holy Spirit is certainly a wonderful thing and, and a wonderful gift, but better yet is that lifelong filling of the Holy Spirit that comes through God's Word, sacraments, and prayer. And that's how we want to begin the year ahead, isn't it? And how we want to go forward with daily dedicating ourselves to the Word, the sacrament, and prayer. In our text, Luke speaks of Jesus as a human. He was true God and true man, And here we see him as true man. Luke speaks of him acting according to his human nature. In other words, when Jesus astounded the teachers with his understanding, he didn't do that by using his divine omniscience, but he did it as a human, daily studying God's word and growing in that word. Luke emphasizes for us in our text how Jesus... Made use of the, sac- the sacraments. I have to put quotes around it because it wasn't exactly the sacraments the way we think of it. But there, right away in our text, what does it say? That his parents went every year, every year they went to Jerusalem. And Jesus, as soon as he was old enough, when he turned 12, immediately, eagerly went up with them. The Passover was not the sacrament as we know and talk about sacraments. But the Passover and the sacrifices did take the same place and fulfill the same need to the Israelites that the sacraments fulfill for us. In and of themselves, they were rituals. And without God's promise and God's word, they were they would have been empty rituals accomplishing nothing, but God in the Old Testament did give promises through them that he would give the forgiveness of sins, not because the sacrifices were sufficient to pay for sins, but because God's promise looking forward to Christ gave them the forgiveness through Christ through the Passover and the sacrifices. And so those, the Passover and sacrifices did fulfill that need of, of bringing God's grace, delivering God's promise of grace and forgiveness to the Israelites. And what did Jesus do? He gladly and eagerly went to partake of that Passover. He understood that it was through these rituals, again, in themselves they were nothing, but with God's promise, they strengthened him. Jesus understood that the Passover was a looking forward to himself, that he himself was a fulfillment of that Passover. But he didn't say to himself, oh, well, I am the fulfillment. I don't need the Passover. He understood the promises of God, and he he went eagerly. Even as an adult, not only as a child, but even as an adult, he went every year to to the Passover to be strengthened by those promises of God that were given through it. Luke emphasizes also that uh, Jesus dug into the word; he made use of it, doesn't he? In, in Luke two forty-six, he was listening to them and asking them questions. Notice that, that first he he listened to the word of God. There is that scene in the Pirates of the Caribbean, right, where the two pirates are in a rowboat, and one of them is reading the Bible, reading the Bible. And the other says, you know you can't read. And the first says, well, it's the Bible. You get points just for trying. And that, of course, is, is nonsense. God's word serves the purpose of teaching us about God. But unfortunately, we sometimes have that same attitude when we come to church, don't we? Well, while I, I was there. I get points just for being there, whether I was actually listening or not. God's Word is there to listen to, and that's what Jesus does. He listens to it, and then you you can see how he was seeking understanding. It wasn't just, oh, okay, I heard it. I'm good. I can go home now. But he was asking questions, digging into it, trying to understand it more fully, more deeply. We, too, need to seek, search, understanding in God's Word. Now, granted, Sometimes uh, it might be my fault. (laughs) My sermons might not always be the best. But even if I I fail, we still have God's word here every Sunday morning. And you can still listen to God's word and seek and wonder and ask questions. What what does this mean to me? And what is, is God trying to say to me? Jesus dug into the word and rejoiced in the sacraments the sacraments, the sacrifices, the Passover, etc., of the Old Testament. And through them he grew daily according to his human nature, being filled with the Spirit and with wisdom. You know, this is the only thing that we know about Jesus as a young boy. The Bible doesn't tell us what he ate, it doesn't tell us what games he played, or how well he exercised, or even what trade he learned. We always assume that Jesus was a carpenter because his, his adopted father Joseph was, but the scriptures never mention anything about it. The only thing that we know from scripture about his young childhood is that he dedicated himself to God's word, learning God's word, and to going to the Passover and the other festivals and, and sacrifices of the Old Testament. And that through them, he grew strong in the Spirit. Of course, he did this for us. What a wonderful thing it is to know that. When his, his parents finally found him, and they asked him, well, why did you do this to us? Why did you, you stay behind? Jesus' response was, well, didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? The business of the Father was that Jesus would come and live under the law and fulfill the law and die in our place. The business of the Father was that Jesus would accomplish our salvation. He might easily have said to his parents, did you not know that I was doing this for you? He doesn't quite say that, but that's what he was there doing. In what we fail to do, Jesus does it perfectly. He fulfills it in our place so that we might receive grace through him. Where else would Jesus be other than working towards that goal of our salvation so that we might be justified through faith? 1 John 4.9 By this the love of God was manifested in us, That God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Because he was there in the temple, because he went on to fulfill all righteousness for our sakes, because he died for our sins. Therefore, we begin the new year in Jesus. And we know that we have another year of God's grace and God's forgiveness and God's blessings. Another, another year of hearing every Sunday the wonderful works of God, what, what Jesus did for us. But if we, would be, have, if we would have a year filled with the Spirit and with strength of faith, then we also want to dedicate ourselves a little bit every day to the Word, sacraments, and prayer. In this way, God has promised to, to strengthen us and fill us with the Spirit, so that we also can be people of faith and filled with the Holy Spirit and forgiven through Jesus. Amen.